Hello, Sweat. I'm Jack Brady, and this is the Sweatcast, the weekly podcast that provides industry knowledge about the latest trends in the world of sport and fitness. Okay, welcome back to another edition of the Sweatcast. I'm your host, Jack Brady. Along with me, we have the co-founder of Go Sweat, Alex Hind, and our special guest today is Charlie Watson. Charlie runs a blog, a blog called The Runner Beans, is a marathon runner and a fitness junkie. So, Charlie, why don't you just introduce yourself and sort of give us your fitness story and then also tell us uh, what you do in the fitness world. Okay, hi, uh, yeah, I'm Charlie. I have a running fitness blog um, and I am a marathon runner. I haven't always been a marathon runner. I um, started running in 2012, so it was that five, five-ish years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and signed up for the London Marathon in memory of one of my friends and crossed the finish line, didn't hate it and thought I better could do that faster. Yeah. Um, and it's just gone from there. Um, How long did you take on the first one? 4.54. The only goal was under five hours. Um, so you made it. And we, we made it just. <laughs> um, and I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't take any fuel. I. Yeah, literally, I wore the top for the first time on the marathon day. Yeah, it was... It was um, so what were you like two hours after that first race? I was drunk at the pub. After one drink, probably. <laughs> yeah, I had like two ciders and then I was like, I need to eat something. Um, <laughs> but I, I finished it and I was like, I didn't hate it. I bet I could run that faster. And what's the next thing I can do? Um, and yeah, I ran the New York City Marathon, but I think that was 18 months later. Did you train for that one a bit more? Yeah, and knocked like 45 minutes off um, and did that in it's a lot of time. 409. Yeah. And over at, New York is a much hillier course, so I was like, yeah, this is like actually quite, I was really pleased with my time yeah. in New York. Um, and since then I've run eight marathons in total now. Okay, cool. And what were you doing before you were running marathons? Were you doing anything involved with sport? Or? <laughs> uh, I played a lot of sports school. Um, I went to a boarding school that I didn't really enjoy and so sport was pretty much the only thing to do. Um, so I played tennis and hockey and did gymnastics and trampolining and anything to keep me um, busy. But then I didn't really do a lot of uni. I sort of played netball for and my halls and that's about yeah. it. Um, just kind of was a bit of a party girl uh-huh. after, during yeah. uni and after uni. Um, definitely not really into fitness. So um, yeah, the running, I think that shocked everybody when I was like, I'm running the marathon. No, I didn't even know how far it was. Um, <laughs> like I, everyone's like, oh yeah, I used to go and watch the London Marathon. I was like, I didn't. Like, I literally yeah. did, had no idea. Um, so when did it dawn on you that you've got to run 26.2 miles? Um, when I spoke to, so I ran it um, for Mind, the mental health yeah. charity, and they rang me up and they were like, so um, you've applied for a place with us and how's your training going? And I had lied and was like, yeah, yeah, it's really great. And they were like, so how, you know, building up to this distance? And I was like, oh my goodness, I need to go home and Google like training plans. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, I did a really, really basic one that was like, I think it was like a 20 week plan and literally started at one mile. Yeah. And I even hired a PT to run with me with you, yeah. for the first month. Cause I was like, I, I don't even know how to go and do this. I used, I was used to doing 
like the most I had to do was um, suicides okay. during um, yeah, yeah, yeah. during hockey practice, and that was that was awful. Like yeah. running the whole length of the pitch yeah. was awful, and that was like punishment if you turned up late for practice. Yeah. Um, so this yeah, is a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how did you? How did your training evolve over time? Presumably, then you did twenty weeks of you know one mile and two miles. Yeah. Um, I learned that I needed to slow down because I was used to yeah hockey where you sort of sprint and then you stop and so yeah. I went way too fast the first few runs um, and so it was just learning to slow down and sort of become comfortable at the pace like never really like I would say when you're running a marathon you almost shouldn't be out of breath until like near the end um, or certainly when when I was at that stage I wasn't um, so yeah just got fitter ran further, bought more kit, um, yeah. Everyone always needs more exercise kit. Yeah, it's the only way I motivate myself sometimes. I'm like, if you go out and run in this cold weather, you can buy the new Lululemon leggings. Yeah. And, then I'm like, and then the next time I have to go out, the new Lululemon leggings are there, so then I get to wear them. That's how I got myself out to do 12 miles it's and like it reward. snowed a few weeks right? ago. It's sort of rewarding. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 110 pounds for going for a run. <laughs> so you've done eight marathons so far? Yeah. And, um, and so what keeps you going? I know you have another one planned in about mm -hmm. uh, another month or so and then you have the New York Marathon. So what kind of keeps you motivated to keep running them? Because they do take a lot out of you and take a lot of training. Yeah. Um, so at the moment I've got sort of two goals. One is, so there's, it's called the six star finisher medal. It's all six marathon majors. So that's London, Boston, Berlin, Tokyo, Chicago, and New York. And I've done five of them. So Tokyo will be my sixth and cool. I'll get an extra giant medal. Um, <laughs> that's what been one of my, the motivations yeah, to cool. keep, um, keep running. And also I really want to get what's called a BQ time. So it's a sub for my age group it's sub 335 um, so I'm sort of having to keep running them because I um, need to keep chipping away at my so time. So you've Boston qualifier? Yeah, Boston Yeah. So how close are you to that now? Um, still a solid like 14 minutes. Very precise. Yeah. <laughs> um, most marathon runners will know their exact like, you know, to the second. So yeah, I know exactly how many seconds I need to basically knock off. And is that something that's doable in a month's time span? No, or? I'm not going for that in Tokyo. Okay. Um, What's your target in Tokyo then? I think it's going to really depend um, on the next few weeks. I'd like to go to get about 345, 347. Um, but my goal is to try and get 335 in London, um, which is the end of April so yeah Tokyo is a bit more it's like a good good for the fitness and also I don't know how the jet lag is going to affect me and yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't feel like sushi is like a good pre-race <laughs> meal no. but I feel like I can't go to Tokyo and not have sushi so I'm like yeah, it's a toss-up between yeah, I don't know how the good time and a fun time in Tokyo. Right, I don't know how the soy sauce and, and wasabi <laughs> would, would settle. Maybe soy will be good because then you like your sodium levels will be... Yeah. Depends on what you have. Yeah. You have a bit too much of a dehydrated for you and stuff. Yeah. Okay, maybe I need to be a bit more careful before, like <laughs> what I eat on the Saturday night. But. So as you're preparing for these races, what is, let's say, a typical 
workout look like or training session look like for you? Um, so now that I've learned a lot more about running training, um, I have like what three key workouts a week probably. So my long run, which I always do at the weekends, and then um, like a speed workout. So okay. um, that's 400 meters, 800 meters, 1200 meters or mile repeats yeah. usually. How many repeats do we do? So today I did 400 meters and I did 12. Jeez, that's tough. Um, it was actually, oh, I did it on the And is that on the basically that what, easier. full speed or so 80%? Yeah, um, enough that you aren't going to be sick at the end of it but, and can keep going because that is the problem with pacing yourselves that if yeah. you go all out on the first one, you're the recovery time is quite short so the next one's going to be horrendous. So yeah. how long do you have between each set? Reps, so today I was doing 45 seconds between each one. And each one was where you up a minute, 20, minute, 30, but yeah. 400 meters. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I always hated the 400 meters because... Oh, it's the worst, isn't yeah. it? Because it's not... You it's for like, and then you're like, actually, it's... You get to the 300 and you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. It's, it's a, I used to run track and it's it's a full-out sprint. Yeah. It's it's a sprint race and I I could never go above 400. I hated, I liked the 200 yeah. and the 55 meter dash. Those are two, <laughs> my, those are my two races, but anything after that, I, it really takes a lot out of you. So I couldn't imagine doing 12. I, we used to have to do those for workouts when mm -hmm. I ran track, but like today, I think I could get maybe like three in and I'd be like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, so when you're stood on the treadmill between each interval, when you get to kind of nice round figure like eight or 10, how do you motivate yourself to do that extra two or four? Um, I, I guess with, um, the, so I used to have a coach that was more like a friend than a coach and he was so blunt with me and he would make me text him immediately after finishing the workout. He knows that I can't really lie. And so I would say if I hadn't done the whole workout and he was like, no one can run this for you. Like, if you don't put the work in, you're going to be the one either on the start line, midway through a race, or at the end thinking, I didn't, I haven't put the work in. I don't deserve to get this this time, or I do deserve to be feeling like this. So I think it's knowing that I will be disappointed in myself if I don't give everything, um, and that definitely doesn't mean that during some runs I don't pause my watch and walk or take a selfie or <laughs> be like oh I just want to go home and quit early but I actually recently got picked up by my husband from a coffee shop because I was like I can't do any more miles um but it's yeah the speed work I actually find I like I've never quit early I've been sick during a speed workout and kept oh, going and carried up yeah was that in the gym no outside? no no that was outside in a park near people doing like a boot camp I think yeah. they thought I was super well, weird maybe but she played the female card said I'm, I'm pregnant <laughs> morning sickness they'd Sorry. be like probably you're not supposed to run that hard yeah. but yeah um, yeah that's how, I guess just knowing that I would I'll feel worse if I quit and later on I'll regret quitting early also I re heard somewhere somebody saying that if you so if you get eight in, you've only got four left to go. But you'll have if you quit, then you'll have to do all eight and the four again. So you might as well just get it done. What well, one of my coaches said at school was, it doesn't matter what the first nine are like, the last one's doing all that does anything to you. Oh. Which yeah. is brutal. That is brutal. 
but good advice and it means you've got to get through it. So, <laughs> so what advice would you have for someone who's thinking about uh, running their first marathon? I think, are they, have they signed up already? Or is I don't know, it's no? hypothetical. So <laughs> maybe they've signed up or maybe is that the first step? It's just to yeah, sign, sign up. up. Find one that you want and find a reason that you want to do it. Yeah. Like whether it's to prove to yourself or to somebody else that you can do it or if it's to raise money for charity. Um, when I, st I started running in memory of one of my friends and basically that's the reason I run every race and every everything I do is, is sort of in memory of him and um, it's much easier to go out when there's a reason yeah. behind it rather than just like... Because then it's like you're doing it for either someone or, or something else and, and not for yourself and it's, it's hard to, to justify running a, a marathon for yourself. Well, so. no, I, think, I think some people doing it for themselves is one of the best things. Yeah. Like, um, I follow a lot of mum runners online yeah. and they're doing it for themselves so that they have an identity outside of motherhood or to inspire their kids to show them that they can do anything or just to have some time to themselves. Um, and I think that if that's your reason, that's brilliant. But I think, yeah, knowing the reason rather than it being your, somebody's told you to sign up. I yeah. think if you want to do it and there's a reason you want to do it, then I think it's a lot easier to get out and motivate yourself. And so for someone that's really, really, really unfit, what do you think the best course of action is there? Because you obviously know that they should be um, getting out and getting active. How do you think you could potentially motivate someone to do their first 5K. See, I, I mean, there's, I feel like I'm in two minds with this. Either sign up for something so big that it scares the crap out of you that you have to do something, which is what I did with the marathon, um, or you start really small and you do like the couch to 5K okay. um, and you break it up. In, either way, I think breaking it up into small manageable chunks that are not so overwhelming. So like my training plan was run one mile this couch to 5k is I think it's like one minute walk yeah one minute, one minute, one minute yeah. yeah um so break it down so that it doesn't seem like you can't do it um and know that okay it's really hard at the start but it gets easier and it gets better and the mo the, the you'll feel amazing once you get to the end of your 5k your marathon your and you kind of feel a bit invincible at the end of that first race yeah um I wish I could go back. I'm thinking of doing an ultra, basically, to have that feeling like... The runner's yeah. high. Yeah. yeah. Does an ultra two marathons? It's anything over 26.2-ish. Just get past the finish line. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, I've run lots of ultras because I never run on the, the, the blue line. So, um, no, but I think the one I'm going to do is 50k, so that's like 30 miles. The worst path. Well, there's two. I'm on the waiting list, but number 96 on the waiting list for this one in Oregon that sold out in 26 minutes. Jeez. Um, which is Mount Hood, um, which looks amazing. That has to be beautiful. I've yeah. been in Oregon before. I've I never can only been. Yeah. yeah, it's really nice. I don't know what time of the year the race would be in, but it's, it's a really July. nice. July. Oh, yeah. Well, then you'd be fine. Yeah, it's like the best time of the year to go. Yeah, so I'm hoping 95 people decide they don't don't want to be on the waiting list anymore. Um, or I'm also looking at um, the North Face Endurance. There's one just outside, like Toronto in Ontario. Um, that sounds so, dangerous. Yeah. What does it involve? 
Um, I think it's quite a lot of climbing in that one. Yeah. 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 But also epic scenery. Um, Not really looking down at your feet. (laughs) (laughs) But after the race, the next day I'll be able to enjoy it from the safety of my chair. Um, So one of the things you talk about a lot on your blog uh, that I noticed at least was having a balance in your life. And I feel like balance is something that everyone always kind of gets preached to, like, oh, you got to have balance, but they never really get taught how to have balance or sometimes it takes a back seat. Um, so how do people manage all these different things, whether it be working out, traveling, studying, going to work, pretty much everything under the sun that comes up in their life. So how, what are like some techniques that you use to keep everything balanced and, and make sure you're you're having fun as, yeah. as you're going along for the ride? Um, so I have really great friends that most of them don't really like running so them and my husband keep keep the balance because they don't want to come for a run with me so if I'm <laughs> going to see them I'm not going to do something else usually um, I can sometimes convince them to come for a run but um, so I the balance I guess with my social life is that if I don't if I don't see my friends then it kind of my life gets out of whack and I, I have done that once with one of my marathon trainings where I did let it sort of the balance shift and my husband said to me like this is not okay you haven't been to any of our friends birthday parties we haven't been out for drinks so mm-hmm. um they both they will keep me very balanced um other than that I just get up early so that I don't miss out on things so whether that's on holiday or before I go to uni or on a Saturday morning before I go and do something with my friends um I get really bad FOMO, so yeah. fear of missing out. So I'd rather, yeah, get up early, go for my run, come back, and then get involved with what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Um, but I think that seems to be what a lot of people that I follow online do as well. Like, even if it's a 5 a.m. alarm, do a workout. And then... Yeah, it's like there's not enough hours in the day sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. to do it all. And by 9 p.m., like, if I say to myself, I'm going to run in the evening, it's, like, not going to happen. So. Yeah. Um, mine needs to be first thing and then um, why do you think people in general sort of lose sight of a balance I mean like maybe for you it's with uh, with working out or running or training and I would figure probably with most people it's with with work and mm-hmm. sort of overworking themselves or pushing themselves to a point where they get home and they're pretty much just ready to like eat and go to sleep yeah. so where where along the line do people just kind of throw balance at the window do you think or or if anything what can they do to sort of regain that balance I think whenever you're in it you can lose perspective so you don't see how out of balance your life has become and you need an outsider whether it's a family member or a friend or a spouse to say actually I don't think that you've got the balance quite right here um yeah trying to take a step back like maybe if they have some time off and have gone on holiday or um, even just spending a weekend looking back at what the week has just like what the week has just passed but also looking forward and looking at how they can maybe manage their time a bit better um, to schedule in so for example if they're overworking schedule in a gym session at lunch rather than eating lunch at their desk or something like that yeah um, but yeah it's really hard when you're in the thick of it to, to know yeah um, I certainly didn't when I was and even now, looking at it, I, I struggle to see, because that's actually still my best marathon time. 
So I'm like, oh, but maybe that was the key, is that I just don't go out for three months. Um, but I think it's, yeah, it's getting somebody else being like, come on, what are your priorities? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, maybe sitting somebody, having somebody else sit you down and, and uh, explain that it's not okay what you're doing right now. <laughs> so I know another um, big part of what you do and what you like to talk about is nutrition and sort mm -hmm. of like the fuel you put in your body um, and how it sort of powers you through the day. So we'll get into that and a lot more right after this quick message from our sponsor. Hey everyone, Steph here, co-founder of Gay Sweat and sponsor of The Sweatcast. Gay Sweat wants to make discovering sports simple, so we've created a sports marketplace that allows users to easily discover and book sports and fitness near them. No more scrolling through Google, trying to find your local facilities. Gay Sweat lets you search for exactly what you want, where and when you want it. From silent disco boot camps to candlelit yoga and even Quidditch, we've got it all. For 20% off all Ghost Sweat activities, enter the discount code SWEATCAST at checkout. Happy sweating! Okay, welcome back. Uh, right before our break, we asked Charlie about nutrition and sort of what advice that she would have for people or some sort of tips and tricks favorite recipes even that you kind of think are your go-to, um, whether it be for training or throughout the day, or maybe to just to give yourself a treat with a healthy twist. Uh, Does that exist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so my best advice, well, the, the only thing, so I'm studying to be a dietitian, and once people find that out, everybody wants advice. Um, like at weddings, they talk to me about their digestive issues and I'm like oh my main piece of advice is eat real food like wherever you can I think it's very hard to um, get your nutrient balance wrong when you're eating real food like your body I feel like is clever enough that it can know when it's full of say avocado it's really hard to overeat avocado Whereas like a pot of Pringles, you can eat the whole thing and sure. not feel like fully satisfied. Yeah. Um, so that's my like, I feel like it works for everybody, whatever type of diet you're, you follow. Um, in terms of what I eat at home, probably don't follow that rule all the time. Um, <laughs> we, we eat a lot of like chilies. Um, like I make a big batch of like, um, a chili con carne or a veggie chili or curries things basically that I can make in bulk and then have for lunch the next day or slightly like it, you can use whatever vegetables are in the fridge or um, whatever's in season um, I follow Shalane Flanagan who's an American distance runner has got a cookbook that is amazing it's called Run Fast Eat Slow yeah. and I use a lot of her recipes they are great now, you just kind of mentioned something really quick, and I think it's actually pretty important, where you, you get vegetables that are in season. Yeah. So I feel like this is something that a lot of times people overlook, and that most of the time that, you know, produce being available year-round is, is not is, is a relatively new concept, um, and, and for a good reason it wasn't available year-round. <laughs> um, so can you maybe talk a little bit about the importance of seasonality with the things that you buy? 
Yeah, I mean, I just, I do it partly because it's cheaper. Yeah. Um, if you're buying something that has been grown locally because it can, or at least in Europe, it's, um, it's usually a lot cheaper than having to fly something out from Peru. Um, I think they taste better. I mean, stra- yeah. like, they are better now, but I remember growing up and strawberries just tasted like water the rest of the year. And then they were amazing in like June, July. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're paying so much for something that actually doesn't even taste that great. Um, and it's better for the environment. You're getting more nutrients. Like if it's been force grown in a greenhouse somewhere, um, it's not, there's not as many nutrients available, I don't think. Um, it's just better for everybody. And your point about batch cooking and basically preparing lunch the night before. Yeah. Um, do you think that's one of the most important things you can do so that you don't go out to whatever high street shop and buy lunch or meal deal at work? Yes, yeah, I definitely think it is um, in terms of it'll save you money. It means that you're not going to go out really hungry and buy a donut because you've already got your lunch with you. Um, it's usually more nutritious without the additives, uh, but it's not realistic for everybody. My husband's a pilot and can't take like a curry on board. Mm. Um, so it's about what works works for you. I like batch cooking because I'm not going to cook every night. I love cooking, but I, when I've got home, at, I've got quite a long commute. If I've got home at like 8.30, I really don't want to stand and cook something for yeah. half an hour. So I like having stuff either in our fridge or freezer that I can literally sort of reheat and and have something nutritious. So whether that's the kind of thing that works or you take it for lunch so that you've got something um, quick and easy. Yeah, I remember um, me and my partner used to, at a previous job, we'd literally cook every couple of weeks. We'd cook, I think most of us, 36 meals. Wow. And it's basically chili, um, meatballs and veg, basically. Curry or some derivatives, something similar, maybe yeah. cottage pie, and then just put them in stuff where I put them in the freezer yeah. and fill it up. And that it's... lasted, what, two weeks between the two of us. Yeah, yeah. it's a great idea. Um, so it gets a bit, bit monotonous. How long, how long yeah. will it take you? It's not actually that bad because you just basically yeah. chop up 20 onions, 20 peppers, whatever, yeah. and then just have a couple of pots. And then the, the core ingredients are pretty much the same. Yeah. You have one bit of meat and then one or two vegetables that are standard across all of them, and then you add different spices or whatever to mm. the others. And you end up with something that's okay. Not yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other thing that I we often do is um, make a big roast on a weekend, and then have like the roast vegetables, like roast vegetable and chicken salad, or couscous or quinoa roast vegetables with like feta and pomegranate seeds, and you can make a big roast last like three, four days afterwards. Um, and it's yeah, it's a great way of not having to do as much like batch cooking it's like just one giant thing that goes all in the oven at the same time on a sunday you get to eat it post long run it's amazing so i do my long run on a sunday morning and then do a big race and eat an enormous plate's worth <laughs> um and then it lasts me like a few days like into the next week which is good so we're going to switch into a different segment of the podcast now where i throw some rapid fire questions off of you so to start off, uh, do you have a quote that you live by or think about often? Yes. Um, my favorite quote is, one day you won't be able to do this, today is not that day. Um, and that got me through my first marathon, it gets me through um, 
when I'm studying and I'm thinking I cannot learn this or um, training sessions, that sort of thing, mostly marathons. Yeah, is that an original quote or did no, you get no. it from? Oh, okay. uh, I don't know where I got it from, but yeah, it's my it's one cool. of my favorites. Awesome. Now, when you are feeling overwhelmed or unfocused uh, in your life or whether you're running or studying, what do you do to sort of refocus yourself, if anything? Um, <laughs> Run. <laughs> um, no, well, yeah, well, yeah, sometimes I do go for a run um, or I have a cup of tea. I'm very British. Cup of tea fixes everything and a bit of chocolate every day. <laughs> dark chocolate or it doesn't matter? <laughs> I wish I could say, yeah, like a, one square of dark chocolate. Yeah. I'm like, give me the Cadbury's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like the dark chocolate and sea salt, but yeah, like, a, you know, 12 or something at four o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so what's bad advice that you hear most often um, in the in your industry? Bad advice? Yeah. Um, so I would say running wise, it's um, the two things are people running every single day without yeah. any rest days and um, only running. Okay. Um, and then nutrition-wise, it's people thinking they need to go gluten-free or vegan or, um, you know, one of these really fatty diets just yeah. because everybody else is. Yeah. Um, and not doing it for their own personal reasons, especially the gluten-free. Um, yeah. Cool. So, when you're running a marathon, what are your favorite pre-marathon and post-marathon snacks? Or drinks. Or drinks, or drinks. yeah. <laughs> um, so pre-marathon, um, I have usually like a bagel or a piece of toast with peanut butter and banana or almond butter. Um, really into pip and nut, almond and coconut butter at the moment. Um, and then post-race, I sound such like such a bad dietitian to be. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's no, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, go, I go to Shake Shack and get fries because I think because I'm quite sweaty. Yeah. I just need the salt. Yeah, and yeah. literally, like as soon as I finished the Boston Marathon this year, I like met my friend in the queue at Shake Shack who was watching me, and I was like propping myself up to, <laughs> to get my burger and chips. Do they have Shake Shack in Tokyo? I don't know. Oh, you better look into that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they have McDonald's, which yeah, I push the fries will do. Um, oh, sushi then. I'll probably have sushi later on, but that yeah. That night, yeah. Um, yeah, that's my like go-to. And a Diet Coke. Yeah, fries and a Diet Coke. So you want a real Coke in that situation? No. I, I, I haven't had a real Coke in ages, actually. It's not nice. Um, yeah, that's what like I crave. Yeah. So last question. Um, is there anything specific that you do in your free time? Do you have any side projects or hobbies that y you work on um, that you sort of like to occupy your time when you're not running or studying? Um, I obsessively plan travel. Okay. Like trips, future trips. Like literally I've got stuff that I'm like, right, in 2019. We <laughs> and I like plan trips that I want to go on or races that I want to do or... Um, yeah, that's and I've got that from my, my whole family like that. It drives my husband and his family mad because I'm trying. I'm literally like, what are we doing on this weekend in three years' time? Yeah, um, yeah. That's basically what, what I do. So I run and cook as sort of hobbies, and then plan my travel around the two those two things really. Okay, well, yeah. awesome. <laughs>
So that about wraps it up. Where will people be able to find you if they want to reach you? Um, so I'm at the Runner Beans on Instagram, and my blog is just therunnerbeans.com. I'm Charlie D Watson on Twitter because somebody else took the Runner Beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. Um, and then I think I'm just the Runner Beans on Facebook as well. Okay, awesome. So uh, special thanks to Charlie Watson for coming on today. Uh, I feel like we had a learned a lot I've had a marathon runner on before so it was a lot of fun um and yeah we really appreciated you coming on thanks, thanks for having me that's it for the sweatcast today i'm jack brady hit that like or love button and remember to share this podcast the sweatcast is every wednesday at 9 a.m you can also find us on itunes soundcloud and Castbox. remember to keep sweating and see you next week